Please join me in a spirit of prayer. Lord God, we give you thanks that you remember us according to your love. And that you look on us with love for the sake of your goodness. We give you thanks that your unstoppable purpose is to create a peaceful world. We thank you all the more that your creative purpose and your unfailing compassion will in the end overcome our destructive and resistant humanity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Floods. Floods all around. Floods featured prominently in my church school education growing up in New Brunswick, New Jersey. A mural of Noah's Ark riding peaceably on the flood filled one wall of our church school room. There were giraffes, and there were monkeys climbing up the giraffes, and there were hippos and zebras, all crammed on the deck in their happy pairs under the watchful eye of a smiling Noah and a glowing, grinning sun in a clear blue sky. And on at least one Sunday each year, we would toddle into our class and we would find a portable movie screen set up, and we knew we were about to see the one and only film strip the church owned. And that film strip was about a flood. We knew the film strip by heart. We saw it every year. We came to call the film strip The Good Squirrel, and the naughty squirrel. Many of you remember film strips, some of you do not. If you do not, you need to know that they were narrated on a record player, and the narration would include a bing to tell you to move the film strip forward. So follow the bings. The good squirrel is industrious. She is saving up acorns high in a tree. Bing! The naughty squirrel is heedless. He is frolicking among the flowers and the butterflies. Bing! The good squirrel tries to rescue the naughty squirrel and show the naughty squirrel the errors of his ways with a scolding lecture about frugality and hard work. Bing! The naughty squirrel ignores the lesson and naps in a sun-drenched meadow. Bing! A storm rolls in, the forest grows dark, the sky is full of threatening clouds. Fat raindrops fall. Thunder and lightning rattles the trees. Bing! The good squirrel. She hunkers down in a well-supplied nest, high and dry in a sturdy tree trunk. Bing! The naughty squirrel 
scrambles about the ground, soaking in cold, desperate for shelter. Bing! Meanwhile, the pond behind the beaver dam, also industrious, the beavers, is overflowing its banks and the dam is straining and leaking. Bing! The beaver dam bursts and a roaring flood surges into the dark forest. Bing! The sun comes up. The floodwaters have receded. The good squirrel is safe and secure and the naughty squirrel is nowhere to be found. Bing! The end. In later life, I came to call this film strip the parable of the Protestant work ethic squirrel. If you can find any hint of the gospel in it, please email me or call me after the service. Why was this the one and only film strip in the church library? I would say that this story is the exact opposite of the gospel message. Jesus says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. This is good news. The film strip says live in fear of cosmic disaster. Genesis teaches us that God has made a covenant with all of creation and God is forsaking violence as a divine tool to use against the earth. Yet the film strip teaches us that God is capricious and God trades in punishment. Where the gospel teaches us not to find our security and our achievements and our possessions, rather to find our security in God's grace, the film strip gives us the opposite. Finally, the gospel teaches us that Jesus is our new covenant, that he comes to restore peace and harmony between heaven and earth. And the film strip seems to restore the ancient Mideastern notion that the earth is chaos and void and out to get us. Into this, thank goodness, the gospel was also taught. And in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus enters inter energetically. In really, the passage of the Gospel today is a flood of meaning, a flood of resonance and reference that overflows once you pay attention to it. First, there's the baptism in the river Jordan. And it's loaded, overflowing, with harmony between Christ and creation, the water. Christ and God the Creator and God the Holy Spirit, the voice and the dove. And Christ as new covenant, the river Jordan as the entry point to the promised land. All that in that quick scene and even a peek into the loving relationship of the Trinity within itself when we hear God the Father say to God the Son, this is my beloved with whom I am well pleased, a peek into the inner life of the Trinity itself and the loving relationships that are in store for us. Now, if that flooded first scene wasn't enough, we have to move on out into the wilderness where the Holy Spirit drives Jesus into his first round of his battle with the adversary, Satan, and that's a Hebrew word that means adversary. Jesus, in this first scene, 
defeats and outlasts the adversary and will continue his work of driving out Satan in the chapters of Mark to come. In Mark, Jesus is an insurgency against the forces that oppose God. We will have our final round of this battle on Golgotha. After that confrontation with Satan, there's this endearing detail. Wild animals were his companions and angels ministered to him. Wild animals were his companions and angels ministered to him. I can picture the good and the naughty squirrel with our Lord. Wherever Jesus goes, harmony is restored between heaven and earth. The wild animals and the angels, earth and heaven, finding their balance point in Jesus the Christ. In our Genesis passage, we hear God's promise to Noah and his family repeated nine times. Each time we hear that all of creation is included in the covenant God is making. And we hear that this is an odd covenant because the one restrained by the covenant is God. God hangs God's bow, and this means a bow like a warrior's bow that you shoot arrows with. God hangs God's bow in the sky with the business end facing towards heaven, towards God. This is God forsaking violence, hanging up the tools of warfare. This is God saying that God will no longer participate in the downward spiral of violence so characteristic of unredeemed humanity. In Lent, we are often tempted to put ourselves and our sins and spiritual growth at the center of the story. And lots about our liturgy and our teaching program here at the church encourages that. And I want to suggest instead that we put God at the center of our reflection. Who our God is, the character of God, and what our God has done, the mighty acts of God, put that at the center of our reflection and respond to that as our good news, our source of hope, our source of gratitude and reflection. Sometimes we put ourselves at the center and we think our effort is what matters. We forget that God's work of grace and our work of repentance is, is for the, oh, sorry, we forget that our work of we forget that God's work of grace and our work of repentance is for the good of all flesh. The whole created order, the harmonic balance of God's cosmos. We are all interconnected. When we repent and return to the Lord, it brings the whole world closer to God. William Lloyd Allen puts it this way, creation including humanity, is one. What affects part affects all. The deep purpose of nature is diversity under God's stewardship. Yet humanity consistently fails to accept its given limits 
and attempts to take possession of life into its own hands, contaminating the cosmos with violence and fear. All creation suffers the consequences. But the blessing persists because God remains loyal to the disloyal. God remains loyal to the disloyal. Humanity proves intractable in its sin, so God changes strategy. Since humanity does not end the downward spiral of violence, God covenants to do so. Humanity and the cosmos are ultimately dependent for survival upon a life force beyond creation, a God willing to initiate an intervention, a God willing to initiate an intervention. That intervention, my friends, is our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only does God hang up his bow in the sky, God hangs up on a cross. In that final round of battle against the adversary, God breaks into our downward spiral of violence, taking it on in his sacred flesh, in his own body, rising again to defeat those powers and set us free for eternal life reharmonized in the life of God. It is God's sacrifice and rising that sets us right with God and each other, and the world, and the cosmos. And by that grace, by that grace of who our God is, and God's mighty acts, we take on our Lenten disciplines in response, and in joyful response. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. The news is good. Amen.